Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you doing? Doing good. And Scott Patsko joining us as well. Scott, how are you? Doing good. Ready to go. Okay, so um, we, we get some questions about this from our, our Football Insider subscribers. And of course, I'll tell you about Football Insider a little later in the podcast. But, uh, and, and, you know, Mary Kay, I know you and I have had some discussions about this and Scott, I'm sure, you, sure you've talked to some folks about this too. This is going to be a weird year to cover football and the Cleveland Browns, really for all sports, right? Because of, of what COVID-19 has done, it's changed the way we do things. And just the other day, the NFL sends a memo to teams where they have to divide their employees by tiers. So you've got like your most important player access employees are tier one, and then you've got a tier two. You've got like in-house media and them are, are tier three separate entrances or different entry times. This is going to be a very difficult and, and challenging year to, to cover a football team in the way we've done it. So let's just spend a little time talking about that. A little in, inside baseball podcast here, if you're into kind of the media game. So um, let's start here with, with sort of how we've covered this team in the past. And it starts with, uh, you know, every day we have locker room access for 45 minutes a day. After games, we have locker room access, and it feels like that's one of those things that that we might lose, uh, at least for this year. So let's just talk about what we've kind of gained from having that access. I think a lot of players wouldn't mind us not being in there, and I think some fans might look at it and say, "Why do you guys need to be in there?" So let's let's talk about what we've gained from being in there, Mary Kay. What being in that locker room every day? What what sort of do we get from that? Well. Let's just start with, like you said, the weekly, you know, practice week when we're out in Berea and and covering the team from that standpoint. Uh, What you gain from that is uh, that's when you get an opportunity to just really, you know, spend some time talking to, you know, players. There could be somebody sitting alone uh, at his locker and you get an opportunity to go up and have a conversation with him. Uh, They get to know you a little bit. You start to develop a little bit of a relationship, a little bit of trust. And, you know, then when it comes time to sit down with them and maybe do some kind of a feature story on them, uh, they know you a little bit, they, you know, they are more willing to open up to you a little bit. Uh, And, you know, and you've had a chance to, you know, to, like I said, to kind of get to know them. Now, even that's not easy. That is never, ever, ever easy. A lot of guys are not in there. You know, they, they pass through quickly and you don't have an opportunity uh, to just, you know, pin somebody down and chit chat for 20 minutes, like 
Joe Thomas used to do with everybody. Whenever anybody wanted to talk to Joe Thomas, he was more than willing to do that uh, with anybody at any time. Uh, but that's what it is. It's just that organic, natural opportunity uh, to, to have a conversation with the guy off the cuff, maybe about something their college football team is doing, maybe about a family thing. Uh, you know, it's just an opportunity to, you know, to get to know them. And Scott, I, I mean, for you, I, obviously you write a lot of features and, and some enterprising stuff. I mean, that's, that's really valuable time. You, you show up to that facility in Berea and you know you got those 45 minutes to go in that locker room and, you know, either find the guy you're looking for or get a quote from a guy you're looking for, kind of fill that stuff out. Yeah, when, you know, during the during training camp or during off-season workouts, there's a situation where you can request certain players and you can kind of get them one-on-one, um, you know, and, and spend some, some quality time. But during the season, you kind of have to rely on guys being in that locker room uh, when you're doing a story like that. So, you know, it's it's hit or miss on, on catching the guy that you can spend, you know, 20 minutes talking to because this is also a time for them to, you know, go to the trainer or eat lunch or, or do whatever or prepare for, for meetings that are coming up. But, uh, but yeah, if you want to talk to multiple people for, for some sort of issue type story, then that's the time that you do it is, is during uh, locker room availability. And, you know, the Browns uh, make a, a handful of, of players available at a podium with a microphone, you know, and it's usually going to be a, uh, the same kind of guys, you know, Baker always talks that way, Miles Garrett, you know, these players are going to talk once a week. But again, if you want some of those who aren't the quote unquote top name players who you want to get some input from, the, the only time you can get it is in that locker room during the availability. Right. And then sometimes it's, it's a really easy way to build a story, right? Um, you know, I, I did, I did one on Nick Chubb, what it's like to block for Nick Chubb. And it kind of just, struck me like on a day I'm like I'm gonna do this so I went in the locker room and I was able to track down all five of those offensive linemen and talk to them about what it's like to block in front of him and uh you know when Kobe Bryant spoke to the team I, I tracked down some I just went around the locker room and asked guys questions and and that's just something that you know you can show up on a day and say I'm gonna do you know I'm gonna talk to x number of guys it might not even matter who it is right for some stories it's like I'm just gonna talk to whatever guy I see sitting in his locker for others it needs to be specific but um, that that's it's one of those things where you can kind of find an interesting story and, and chase it around a little bit over a couple of days and you know maybe you get to Thursday or Friday and you're like I think I've got something here you know you start to listen back to those interviews and okay I think this is something interesting I, I can write this and I, I think that's sort of the thing that we might risk losing and it's nobody's fault but it, it's one of those things that that we might risk losing because when you have to go through and you know, I've got to talk to five different guys, so I've got to request them, and it's got to happen over, it takes two or three weeks to talk to these guys. Maybe that moment gets lost, or maybe that story just isn't as interesting or relevant anymore. So I, I think that's something we lose. The other thing, too, is just being in that locker room, Mary Kay, you can get a vibe of, of what's happening. It's not the full picture, and it's only 45 minutes, and look, these players know when we're supposed to be in there, and a lot of them make themselves scarce at those times but you do get a feel for sort of what's happening on the team and maybe who, who do guys gravitate towards and who kind of sits by themselves all the time. You just sort of get that vibe of, of where everybody is right now. Yeah. You learn so much. You learn so much in that 45 minute period 
the five days a week or whatever that we are in there. And of course, it's completely different during training camp, and we'll talk about that too uh, in this podcast. But uh, during the regular season work week, uh, that that locker room is just it's just invaluable for so many things. There are certain guys that absolutely love to hang out in there because they like the interaction with the media. They they like the conversation. They like Sheldon nope, Richardson, <laughs> right? I mean, Sheldon Richardson is one of those guys. He enjoys the interaction. He likes to you know have conversations about all different kinds of things. And he's, he's funny. I mean, he's, he's a funny person and he was fun to talk to and he's engaging and he can basically talk about anything. Odell Beckham Jr. is another person that will, he kind of is sort of front and center, right in the middle of everything in the locker room. And, and he enjoys, you know, talking about life and different things like that with, with people. So he's somebody that is pretty approachable. I mean, there's times you can just walk up to him and just kind of start, having a conversation or, or ask him to react to something that's going on in the league or in the world or something. Uh, there, there are other guys that they want no part of you in the locker room. They go to their podium. Now, there's supposed to be two guys that are designated as once-a-week guys where they only have to talk once a week, and that's it. They're done. Uh, and generally, they come to the podium. They do their, you know, 15-minute thing at the podium, and, and then they're done for the week. Um, like Baker is one of those guys you would expect him to be usually the quarterback and, and somebody yeah. else. now we've had other quarterbacks that 100% enjoyed talking to the media at other times Josh McCown would talk to the media other days of the week besides that 15 minutes Tim Couch always talked to us back in the day uh, he would come in and talk again on Monday after the game he would talk on his usual Wednesday he would talk on Friday before the game he didn't mind doing that and there have been plenty of quarterbacks like that. But there's, you know, there are a number of guys that are just once a week guys and guys that make it perfectly clear. They do not want to be approached at their locker. One of those guys is Nick Chubb, right? I mean, like, you just don't really want to walk up to Nick Chubb and try to strike up small talk. Although Dan and I have both <laughs> attempted to do that. <laughs> Everybody's attempted to do it. And you find out that he is just not about that. He has his once a week, I'll see you at the podium. Do not bother me at any other time. So, and, and it's not, he's not being mean. That's just, he doesn't really enjoy the media interaction. He, it's just not, it's just not his thing. Demarius Randall, we've talked about this before. Demarius will just sit over there in that corner. Well, he's gone now, but he would just sit over there in that corner and just kind of survey the land and, you know, wait for somebody to come up and, and start talking to him and, and he had all kinds of things ready for us. Um, so there's there's all different kinds of, of people in there and the way that they view the media and their responsibilities. And, um, and each year you have a different personality in the locker room. The locker room sort of takes on a little bit of, of the persona of the team leaders, the coach, different people. I mean, a couple of, year, a couple of years ago, you guys remember, I mean, the locker room was, you know, it was not a friendly and welcoming place for the media when, you know, guys like um, Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt were in there and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, giving us a hard time when we were in there trying to do our jobs. That was a difficult locker room to navigate. It wasn't like that at all last year. Most of the guys really were cooperative. They were great to, you know, they got along really well with us. Um, we all, you know, were very fair about everything. Uh, but it's just so different from year to year and from person to person. And yeah, go ahead. I was going to say real quick, that one of the things you also get from being in the locker room is you get 
the guys who don't do a lot of interviews actually get a chance to have a voice because like Mary Kay said, you, you have this rotation of people who are always made available every week, but then you have guys who might never be made available and it, it may just depend on them having a really good game the week before for them to, you know, have availability and guys who can be really insightful. I mean, I talked Charlie Hewlett of all people. I don't, has he ever given an interview to a, a large group? Probably not, but he had a lot of great things to say about the team and what it was like to go through, uh, you know, one in 31 and all that, you know, Ogan, Larry Ogunjobi, who doesn't do a ton at the podium can be really insightful. So there's, there's those guys that, that don't get to talk who you get the feeling that they enjoy talking about what they do and, and what goes into that process. And with us being in a locker room, uh, and you find those people and that gives them the opportunity and you, you know, you get a little more insight than you would just from talking to the players that the Browns make available. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, Chris Smith was one of those guys, right? I mean, he's a guy that never really went up to the podium, but then, you know, you go interview him for something and realize, wow, this, this guy's going to give me a, a good, useful quote every time <laughs> I talk to him. Um, and, and look, there's always, it, it is, it's weird, right? We're in their locker room. It's their space. A lot of guys do not want us in there. It's, it's something that, that was, you know, it's all collectively bargained and it goes to the, the Pro Football Writers uh, Association. Um, you know, maybe something that'll come out of this is maybe they'll come up with a different system. <laughs> That's not quite as awkward, not quite as intrusive, uh, but still allows us uh, to have the, the kind of access we have once, once you know, we're, they're comfortable getting everybody back together again into that space. Um, after games too, I, I think it's, I think that's really where it's going to get lost because kind of, you know, during the week when these guys know we're coming into the locker room, if they don't want to talk or say something that will get them in trouble or whatever, they'll go to the players lounge or they'll go, they'll go get lunch. They'll make themselves scarce. Um, after, after games, you know, there are certainly guys that'll get out of there quick, but you walk in that locker room and all the cards are kind of on the table. You know, you're, 15, 20 minutes after the game ended, the emotions are still pretty raw, good or bad. Uh, you know, I'll never forget that that post Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph locker room. Um, and then there's other locker rooms too. And uh, that, that Christmas Eve locker room after they beat the Chargers, that's one that I'll never forget. But those are kind of moments where you can walk in and as someone covering the team, you can kind of say, okay, this is the flavor of what's happening right now. It's not so much about what somebody's going to say or, or quote or anything like that. It's this is this is what I'm feeling when I walk in this locker room, and I'm going to try and portray that in writing, podcasting, whatever it is that you're doing uh, when you talk about the game. Yeah, and you know, um, as you mentioned, the NFL NFL teams receive this memo where there are different tiers, and I know right now uh, they are trying to figure out how are they going to fit the media into the plan. And we're all wondering how it's going to go, too. I'm sure they're going to have to have conversations with the pro football writers of America and sort of try to figure out. Because one person said to me, well, I'm not even sure you guys are going to be able to watch training camp. You know, it's like, yeah. wait a minute. What do you mean we can't watch training camp? It's outside. We can stand six feet apart. We can for sure be six feet away from the field. So, you know, why would we not be able to watch training camp? I mean, that would be insanity to me um, but these are things that are being discussed right now and um, you know obviously we get a ton out of watching training camp I mean we uh, cover it so thoroughly you know we do offensive and you know defensive highlights of the day we do kicker competitions we you know a lot of times 
you know, you know, we, we can capture, you know, who's playing well, who's not, what's going on with certain things, uh, what, what coach is doing what. I mean, there's so much you can see during just one practice. I mean, if you miss a practice, I never, none of us really ever take a day off during training camp or we try not to because you just miss so much if you don't, if you're not out there watching that two hour practice or whatever it is. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that it, it doesn't all go by the wayside, you know, and I'm sure it would probably just be for this season. Uh, but I'm hoping that it doesn't get away from us to the point where we're not able to cover the team effectively in the way that we always have. And we have to adjust, everybody has to adjust. But we all consider ourselves, you know, the conduit, the, the, the voice and, you know, your voice and your ears and your eyes. And we try to, to be that. We try to be there for you, uh, the fans, and give everybody what they can't see themselves. And so I really hope we still get to do all of that. Yeah, I think sports writing in general has changed so much, uh, you know, over the last couple of decades where – Everybody sees everything now. Everybody sees the post-game interview. Um, you see highlights so quickly. We're, our job isn't so much to tell people what happened, but it's like, like you guys said, being in the locker room and showing them things that maybe they don't see and, and being there at training camp, which, yeah, it does have fans, but not the majority of fans. And a lot of those fans aren't maybe paying close attention to who, who's in that rotation at you know, right guard and stuff like that. So that's the kind of access that can become valuable still um with all everything's that's changed so much i i think looking forward i think everything we do this year is going to kind of be outside like you mentioned training camp and practices in general i don't see the the issue with being able to have reporters there i think the number of reporters could become an issue if you remember training camp last year there was a ton of people <laughs> in berea and uh everybody crammed close together around, you know, everybody, everybody's interview after practices. Um, but it can be done. And as far as games go, I, I don't know if we'll be able to be in the locker room again. I don't know if they'll have to have interviews on the field after the game. That could be a thing. Cause like you said, outdoors is better than indoors. So I think some of that's going to change as far as where we do things, the number of people able to do things will probably change. Um, but having some sort of access that, isn't available to everybody is probably going, you know, that, that's something we want to keep and it helps us, you know, show the fans things that they're not going to see. Let, let's spend a little more on time on training camp, but first uh, we'll, we'll take a quick break here and I'll tell everybody about football insider. Let me take a minute to tell you about Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. And the best part is you can text us back, and we'll text you directly, cutting through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers exclusively for our subscribers, like the virtual draft event we held the week before the draft this year, and our virtual event talking all things Baker Mayfield. That included uh, Mary Kay, me, Scott, Dougley Maurice, and Terry Pluto. All of these events that we do, they're open only to our football insiders. So if you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insider is $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, 
to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription to Football Insider, text 216-208-3965. Back to our show. Okay, I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby, Mary Kate Cabot, Scott Patsko, uh, talking about what it might be like to cover the Browns this year. Uh, just so we're clear, because people like to, you know, needle the media about this. We're not complaining about anything. We're not, you know, but we are just kind of trying to paint a picture of, of what we might be losing this year and, and how it might be different. And one of those things is training camp. And Mary Kate, you mentioned it we watch practice on training camp and it gets a little long sometimes and you get a little tired sometimes standing out there watching practice for two and a half hours every day. But it's the only time of the year that we get to do that. Uh, We get about half an hour during the season and that's stretching and individual. We don't get to see the things that we get to see during training camp. We don't get to see, like you were saying, Scott, who's lining up at right guard and then who's lining up after him. And, you know, Oh, look, Joel Batonio is playing left tackle all of a sudden. You, you pick up on things when you're really sitting there watching practice. You're seeing who's kind of flashing, who's making plays, who's moving up and down. Um, if, if, we, if we do miss out on seeing that, that's really kind of our one opportunity uh, for, those, for that month and a half to really sit there and, and watch the team practice and, and get a feel for, for what the team is. Yeah, and, and I can imagine that it would be incredibly difficult to social distance with the way – that we've always done these interviews before. So I don't know what they're going to come up with, but um, Scott, as you mentioned during training camp, uh, one of the things that'll happen is they'll, they'll put, uh, you know, three different guys at podiums far away inside the field house. Things are, the locker room's not open during training camp because there's 90 guys, there's no room for people. So things are all done. A lot of things are done either outside or in the field house. So let's say it's, it's a field house day. There'll be three podiums set up, three microphones set up, and then there'll be the, you know, the scrum of media around that podium. Well, you know, I can see where you can keep uh, the podium six feet away from anybody. You know, you can do that, but I'd, it's going to be very difficult to keep the reporters six feet away from each other. Most of the time, we are, you know, elbowing each other for position <laughs> and uh, trying to fight for our spots. So we can get our little phones up and, uh, and our tape recorders and all that kind of thing. So um, don't know how that's all going to happen. I think they're going to have to be really creative uh, somehow to pull that off. I'm sure that it, they're going to limit the amount of people. And uh, we're just going to have to try a lot harder uh, to, to produce the kind of quality and quantity that we try to do on a daily basis, you know, for everyone during, during camp and during the season, because, you know, as you know, I mean, we, we try to bring, you know, features, news, analysis, podcasts, videos, and, uh, and I think we've done a good job of keeping it going this off season, Uh, but, um, but it's it's all going to going to be very different and nobody knows what it's going to look like yet. Probably a lot of zoom still. To be honest, I think we'll probably still do a lot of Zoom. And, um, you know, it's, it's true. You'll have the big podium, right? You'll have a Baker Mayfield and Odell over there. And then you'll have a secondary podium um, with, you know, it's a, maybe not as big a name. Usually I'm standing over there. I like to always take <laughs> out those podiums. You know, me or Scott might have somebody off to the side doing a one-on-one. Mary Kay, you might have somebody off to the side doing a one-on-one. Uh, training camp availability is very – it's very fluid. It's very flexible. And, and it'll be interesting to see how that's sort of handled this year. I mean, a few years ago, you could sit at a table with a guy and stick your recorder there. And, you know, I remember 
you kind of take runs at guys, right? Now I'm going to see what Duke Johnson wants to talk about today. You sit down with him at a table and he goes on for 20 minutes and gives you a great interview, right? Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, hopefully, hopefully there'll be a way to kind of continue that uh, while keeping everyone safe. Yeah, yeah. Sitting, sitting six feet or standing six feet away from somebody interviewing them while everybody's wearing masks, you know, and trying to get some clear audio uh, something fans don't think about, but me as a reporter is something I've thought about like over the past couple of months, like when we do get the point to to being able to interview people again, how that's going to work, how that's going to sound. Um, you know, if if they are in a situation where you're keeping media back, then I, I would hope they would get better speakers, <laughs> uh, some more uh, some more amplification. But you could have you could have 30, 35 people gathered around Baker or Odell. I mean, those are the big days when those guys talk. It's a huge crowd, plus all the cameras, you know, and uh, yeah, social distancing, I think, is going to be a challenge. I think if they do go the Zoom route, that could work. I mean, it seems to have worked okay this offseason, but then it'd be weird because you have a bunch of people that are really all in the same location, but you're talking to somebody over the computer who's, you know, maybe 100 feet away in another room. I don't know. It's it's a new era. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I think one thing that uh, this whole – last few months has taught all of us is that there are a lot of things that can be done uh, via Zoom and Teams or whatever you're using. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think that that will be part of coverage going forward in every sport, every team, uh, as you move down the road, because we found out that you can accomplish a lot of things. I mean, look at the NFL draft. I mean, some people really, really preferred some of, you know, the inside look. I mean, Bill Belichick's dog at the computer. <laughs> I mean, like, we never would have had Bill Belichick's dog at the computer. Uh, you know, Mike Rabel's kids, you know, I mean, and Kevin Stefanski's cute kids. And, uh, you know, we, we saw glimpses into, into people's lives that we wouldn't have seen. So, you know, it's just, it's different. We all just have to go with the flow and adjust and I think one of the keys is, is going to be to, you know, to try to, to try to stay positive about it and try to make the best of a challenging situation for everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, look, we're, regardless of how it's done, we're still covering football, right? We're still getting paid to watch football games and talk to football players and coaches and cover football. So um, certainly if we have to do it a little differently, if we have to do it via zoom or, you know, stand in, six feet away with a giant extension on our recorders. I don't even know what that would look like, all wearing masks. Uh, you know what? We st we're still getting paid to cover football. So no complaining. Just trying to give you guys a, a little bit of a, a look at how it might be different this year, sort of what, how we've done it before and, and, and how we have to adjust to this. So that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and also subscribe to Football Insider. Check out cleveland.com slash browns for info on that. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.